It sounds like the NFL is finally ready to hand down punishment for cornerback Isaiah Rogers Sr. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is Locked On Colts, your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks, back together with you today. Uh, You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I am your resident credentialed media member for the site. And Zach is just the rootinest, tootinest film guy on this side of the Mississippi. So welcome to the show, everybody. On today's episode, uh, there was a report that came out from ESPN that the league appears to be ready to hand down uh, punishment for Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers Sr. uh, for his sports betting things uh, involving bets placed on the Colts in the NFL. Uh, Apparently, he's not going to be the only one. Uh, but word is that they are year-long suspensions, season-long suspensions, uh, which honestly, Zach, that sounds kind of light considering what we thought might happen since the Colts were involved in these bets. Yeah, honestly, I think a season-long suspension is the best-case scenario for Isaiah Rogers Sr. because the the kind of details that we got about this potential scandal or potential suspension that was coming his way was like yeah this is going to be a pretty big one we even you know discussed on this podcast a couple times like could this be a lifelong suspension uh because he was betting on colt's games and betting on games that he had a direct influence over uh so for the fact of the matter if you know if he gets only a one-year suspension that's probably a win in his book uh which sounds horrible to say because you know this is a player who in the midst of what could have been the biggest season of his entire career, which could have propelled him into a real contract uh, and propelled him into, you know, lifelong security with real, like legit million dollar money. Uh, if he had a good season this year, um, it's crazy to say that this is like a, a positive thing that he's only being suspended one season. But if he's only getting a one year suspension, that's probably a good thing for him and the rest of his NFL future. But uh, it probably does spell the end of his career with the Indianapolis Colts. I I can't imagine the Colts not releasing him. You know, like I, I really, I, I don't see a way the Colts don't release him when the suspension officially comes out. Um, from everything I've heard, I know our colleague over at HorseshoeHuddle.com, um, Rash, uh, Rashad, uh, has said multiple times that he expects uh, Isaiah Rogers to be released. Everything I've heard is kind of hinted that way as well. I think Isaiah Rogers Sr. is going to be released the second that the suspension comes down. Uh, and then after the year-long suspension or whatever it is, it could be a you know indefinite suspension with a minimum of one year. Uh, so we have no clue exactly what it's going to be at this point. But I, I do expect him to never play for the Colts again. But as someone who has met Isaiah Rogers a couple times who knows Isaiah Rogers senior who texted him a couple times and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm happy that like, I'd be happy if it's only one year because he has a chance to come back in the NFL, learn from his mistake. But um, yeah, I don't expect, you know, for, for like, again, for everyone who thinks like, Oh, the Colts could just put him on suspended list and bring him back next year. 
I'd be extremely shocked if he played another snap for the Colts in the rest of his NFL career. Yeah, because that's the thing. Obviously, the the contract year, you're not getting him in that contract year, so you have no basis of what you want to give financially coming up to that. And again, if you're not having him in that final year anyways and you don't have him signed beyond that, there's there's no point, especially with the investment you just made so heavily in the cornerback group. Uh, Juju Brands, Darius Rush, Jalen Johnson. You you hope you don't need Rodgers by that point. Uh, so to them, they've hopefully solved their own issue. And if it is the end of Rodgers' time here, that's obviously a shame. I mean, it's his chickens coming home to roost. Like he, that's the yeah. To add another cliche, it's his bed. He's got a lie in it. Um, but no, I, I mean it's rough because this was going to be the season probably that he was going to outright earn that starting outside cornerback role. Uh, but for him and, and his NFL future, I mean, he's still young. If it is just a season, um, I mean, there's plenty of tape out there for other teams to potentially take a chance on him. Uh, we obviously saw like the Jaguars. I mean, Calvin Ridley is in a different area totally than Rogers. Yeah. Uh, but the Jaguars were willing to trade for Ridley. Um, some of these guys in the NFL may not play again, but a lot of them, and I think Rodgers included, will land on their feet somewhere just because there's a lot of talent there. And again, Rodgers has been one of the better kick returners in his time in the league, uh, has shown real promise as a defender and especially as a ball hawk, uh, kind of not to the level of Shaquille Leonard, but has that ability to just create turnovers that not everybody has. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's a really good player. Uh, if it is his end of the end of his time with the Colts, I think they'll be fine. I mean, again, they made those investments. He'll be fine. You know, t- tough to say goodbye, but it, it is what it is at this point. We've talked about it a lot. So Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is going to be the last time we're going to talk about it. Um, I'd because, like it to. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. We might do like a little quick like locked on now saying when, when the official thing comes down and if he gets released by the team, we'll do like a quick locked on now with that. But for the most part, I think we are done with this topic of conversation after this episode here. Uh, the one thing I do want to add is, you know, I was on the YouTube channel with Marcus Whitman the other day on, on that franchise guy. If you guys don't know him, he's phenomenal. He does a great job over there on YouTube. Uh, and he was breaking down the Colts. And we talked about the Isaiah Rogers senior situation. And, you know, one thing I really want to put out there is just like, it's tough as someone who is like a beat writer or just someone who is around the team because you have to view people as assets you know and Isaiah Rogers senior I have to view him as an asset when it comes to talking about this team so the Colts are losing a pretty valuable asset for the foreseeable future and maybe indefinitely with this suspension you know they might lose him for good like they never will get this asset back and part of me wants to be upset that this asset did this thing to lose its ability to contribute to the team but as again as someone who knows Isaiah Rogers senior who knows that he's just a guy who made a major mistake um, and doesn't want to kill him for that. It's just, it's unfortunate. It, it really is unfortunate. So you have to kind of balance that people aspect with the asset aspect of it. And uh, I think the the final spot I've come on with this is just like, yes, I do think he needs to get away from the Colts. Not that the Colts did anything wrong here by any means, but I think just it, it doesn't make sense for the team to bring him back. You know, he just did this major, major mistake and he deserves to be punished for it. And he's going to get punished for it. Uh, and hopefully after a year or however long his suspension ends up being, he can find his way back in the NFL and actually make a good career for himself and provide for his son that he had last year. 
Um, it, it's, it's just a really unfortunate thing. And it's a hard thing to kind of disconnect ourselves from where, again, we talk about the assets of football. We, you know, when we talk Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman Jr. and DeForest Buckner, we're not really talking about the people that those are. We're talking about the football players, you know, and, and the same thing goes to Isaiah Rogers Sr. We're talking about the football player. We're not really talking about the person. So when we talk about suspension, we're talking about, oh, we're losing the football player. But also when we're talking about the person, I mean, the person was in line to gain millions of dollars and really provide for his family, his young son that he just had last year. And he's losing that ability because of this dumb mistake he made. Um, and, and he doesn't need me saying that. He doesn't need you guys telling him that. He knows he made a really stupid mistake. But it's just like it's an extremely unfortunate thing that we have to kind of combine these two things, the assets of being a fan of a football team and losing that asset, but also understanding that the person made a mistake and he's losing that ability to provide for his family. So it's, it just sucks. Um, I, it's the most I can really say about the situation here is I really, really hope uh, again, as someone who knows him, I really hope that he can bounce back from this and really recover what he lost uh, with this dumb mistake. But just a stupid mistake, man. It's just so stupid. And it yeah. sucks. It sucks, man. Like, I, I get people who are on the fence about him, people who want to be mad at him, and people who want to be sympathetic towards him because it's just, it's a mistake that just didn't need to be, ha- did, just didn't need to happen. You know, like, it really didn't need yeah. to happen. Um, but I really do hope he can bounce back. And I hope the Colts can recover from this as well and, and find some good players and these young guys they just took. Um, I hope both parties really come out better for this. But, as of right now, it just sucks to lose Isaiah Rogers Sr. from the Colts. Yeah, and really the only thing from here to see is in these coming days, the official punishment coming down, you know, coming down the pipe. And to see what other players might be involved in this as well. I mean, not Colts, we're guessing, but they, you know, it's been said it's not just Rogers. There's a handful of players getting punishment coming up here. But uh, kind of in the same breath of losing a guy like that for an extended period of time, uh, it got us thinking up next, you know, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball uh, from the superficial part of it, you know, what, what are the, would the Colts lose as players, uh, which players would the Colts, you know, be most up a Creek if they lost for an extended period of time. Uh, but before we get to that, we are going to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Speaking of betting, all right, guys. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and unload there in the comments. Yeah, uh, guys, go ahead and take your first swing at betting on the MLB at FanDuel.com and get ten times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to two hundred dollars. That's right. Just bet twenty bucks and you'll land two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. That's two hundred that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. Uh, all on a, This is all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, <laughs> America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of major league baseball. And I'm just going to walk away for a minute. Of Major League Baseball. <laughs> Major League Baseball only. And every day is, don't worry, next week, again, we're going to stop talking about this whole betting stuff and everything with Isaiah Rogers Sr. But next week, we're going to start previewing the rest of this Colts division. Do the Colts have a chance at winning the AFC South this next season? 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll talk to some other uh, really great guests about uh you know what they think of their teams are doing and and kind of what all seasons their teams have been having so far. All right, Jake. So we're jumping into our second segment, which is basically which players on the Colts' offense the Colts could really not stand to lose. And you have a beautiful list out in front of me, but I think the one I want to say real quick, just to start this off, is someone that you don't have on your list, and it's not because it's a star player or anything. It's just we have seen the last couple seasons when you put oh, yeah. a bad player at left tackle, it is a horrendous, horrendous thing to happen to an mm-hmm. offense. We've seen it with uh, Eric Fisher. We've seen it with Matt Pryor. <laughs> you know, if you have a guy at left tackle who can't pass protect, we even saw early on with Bernard Ryman last year. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna spell really bad things for your offense. So. Even though Bernard Ryman got better last season, I'm not saying that he's a sure thing, but losing Bernard Ryman and going to Jordan Murray, that, that might be the most. Or that might Blake be the, Freeland, who knows? Yeah, but Blake Freeland's never, like, has he ever played left tackle before? He was a right tackle in college, wasn't he? No, 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 he was a left tackle yeah. in college. No, he was, yeah, he was a left tackle. The college. Colts aren't afraid to get weird. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Blake Freeland's fine, I guess, but it's still, like, Basically, what was what was Bernard Ryman like the first couple starts last year? You could probably expect that from Blake Freeland early on if oh, he yeah. started left tackle. Yeah. So that scares me the most. Oh, and and again, uh, for for a proper context here, guys, we're not going to talk about quarterback with this section because obviously right. that's the biggest thing. But I think again, you have to go position wise and left tackle. If you lose Bernard Ryman, even if it's Blake Freeland or Jordan Murray, like that's that's terrifying. Like, I'm not saying it's suspended for anything, but like if you lose them for whatever reason, that's terrifying for your offense. Yeah. And I mean, again, it shines a light on stuff we've already talked about this offseason, like kind of for the second offseason in a row, they are really investing and putting all their eggs in the basket of guys who haven't proven it for an extended period of time. Yep. And you and Andrew, I was I was listening to the episode. You're talking (laughs) about the definition of insanity. Yeah, it's like Chris Ballard tends to overcorrect his mistakes from the year before, and they did not do that this offseason. So real risky. Uh, Bernard Ryman is pretty indispensable at this point, just because, like you said, we've seen we've seen what it can look like when bad players are out there and uh, pretty rough. I would say even more than than Quentin Nelson being indispensable at this point, you made it because Quentin was originally my guy on there just because is the the best arguably most consistent player on that line uh, and someone who can help cover up a lot of mistakes near him. Uh, that's pretty invaluable, but God, you got someone just teeing off on your quarterback from the blind side and that's not great. Yeah. Well, my biggest thing I would say to you in regards to that is you remember, I think it was late in 2021, the Carson Wentz season mm-hmm. against the Cardinals. They had all those offensive linemen miss with COVID yeah. stuff. <laughs> yep. Right. And it was like Chris Reed filled in at like left guard or something like Will Fries was in at right guard, but like Briar was right guard. Yeah. It was yeah. Ugly. Or something like that. Yeah. And then they had, I, I can't remember if they had to fill in someone at left tackle, but like Chris Reed stepped in at left guard and the offense moved fine. You know, it was fine. But think about every time we've had to put in a left tackle backup the last couple yeah. of seasons. Remember Julian Davenport? Remember, uh, uh, Ch- what was it? Chaz Green was that his name? Chaz Green. Chaz Green. The Raven Clark. Um, 
who was that other guy who just we don't need to go further we're getting into really dark territory yeah remember the philip rivers season against the steelers how sam tevy sam Sam tevy had the acl he had the acl no but the philip Rivers season they put a left tackle in there who was jamarcus webb that's who it was jamarcus yeah okay (laughs) like you just can't lose your left like even if your left tackle is a below average left tackle which bernard ryman could be this next season you can't lose your left tackle. Like a below average left tackle is insanely valuable to a mm. team because your alternative to a below average left tackle is like a not worthy of being in the NFL left tackle who's going to be out there. <laughs> like, so that's why I would put Bernard Ryman more valuable than Quentin Nelson for this next season because what happens if Bernard Ryman goes down? It could be right. atrocious for your offense. Yeah, it truly can be. And this is when we open up a ton of doors with this because there's so many arguments you can make, which kind of goes to my next thing. I'll go to running back next with Jonathan Taylor. And for the running backs don't matter crowd, you guys will cringe at this. (laughs) But for this offense specifically, with Anthony Richardson at quarterback, whenever that happens, I'm going to say Jonathan Taylor because we've seen what prime Jonathan Taylor looks like, and that's – arguably the best running back in the league, a home run hitter who can create offense out of nowhere. Like think what the offense would have looked like during the 2021, the Carson Wentz season when that, you know, they were hiding Carson Wentz and benefiting by having such a special player in Taylor on uh, things obviously went differently last year. Um, but I, I think you take Taylor out of it and you just lose so much, surprise and so much commitment from the defense to show their hands too. Um, I mean, Zach Moss is a really good player and he filled in really well for Taylor at the end of last season. Uh, But he was filling in for hobbled Jonathan Taylor in a terrible offense. Uh, I I think if Shane Steichen is depending on Jonathan Taylor being anything like he was in 2021, then this would be a really important player to lose. Yeah, I would say – you know, it's kind of like a, a baseball stat I'm bringing in here, but like wins above replacement, the war mm. rating and stuff like that. I can't imagine there's a bigger war player on the Colts offense than Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. You know, a player who contributes more to wins, wins above replacement than Jonathan Taylor on this Colts offense. I know Josh Bokey or Bwecky or however you say his last name would probably be able to correct me on that with all of his analytical stuff there on Twitter. But um yeah, Jonathan Taylor, you know, again, it's just a running, it's just a running back. But when it comes to creating explosive plays, when it comes to being better than the replacement level player at your position, Jonathan Taylor is insanely valuable. And while Zach Moss played extremely well, it's it still wasn't what a peak Jonathan Taylor is. So yes, the Colts offense could manage without a Jonathan Taylor. It wouldn't be what it could be with a Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Anthony Richardson would certainly have more struggles without a Jonathan Taylor than with a Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so I do agree with you in that regard. Like I wouldn't call him completely irreplaceable. Like, oh my gosh, what do we do without him? But I do think it is one of those players where if you lose him, your offense loses such a dynamic ability in that backfield. Uh, that does really hinder your offense and it puts way much more pressure and onus on your young quarterback if he's the one that's out there. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of viewing him as part eraser of mistakes and things for, for Anthony Richardson, but also, again, the play that can come out of nowhere. You know, yeah. how many times did he have a 10, 12, 14-yard carry in 2021? You know, like 
that's that stuff you just can't like count on but when you get it like it can just pull you out of such a dark spot offensively right uh we actually ran out of time to talk about michael Pittman versus alec pierce but you guys can go ahead and debate that in the comments here <laughs> uh but next up we'll switch to the defensive side of the ball where there is there's again some really close calls and, and some toss-ups here we'll talk about that in a second all right, Zach. So I feel like we've really been giving the big guys some love lately. We'll we'll mention Grover Stewart once again. Uh, so when you look at Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner, it's probably impossible to come to a decision on who's more critical. Uh, I mean, DeForest is a great all-around player, gives you more of a pass rush element than Stewart does. But Stewart is just a dominant run defender in his own right as well. So uh, they complement each other incredibly well. And we've talked about them being probably a top three defensive tackle duo in the NFL. So we'll group them together once again in this one. Uh, you take those guys out of this defense and see you later. Yeah, I mean, if you take one of those guys out of this defense, because when you get DeForest Buckner, right, that's the best pass rusher on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, by far and away, the best pass rusher on this team. You could say all you want about Pay taking that next step, Dio Dangbo taking the next step, but... DeForest Buckner for the foreseeable future is the best pass rusher on this entire football team. So if you lose that, you go from a team where, you know, they were kind of middling in terms of pressure percentage last year. They were a little bit better in sack percentage and and just ability to get sacks. But for the most part, they were not great at creating a ton of pressure. If you take a player like DeForest Buckner out where he's going to pressure that pocket on every single rush, he's going to get back there. uh, He's going to really just, just, bend an offensive line to their to their their peak or their to their will or whatever um if you lose that in the pass rushing game that's that's big and then even if you lose him in the run game too he's an above average run defender like that's that's a pretty big thing so DeForest Buckner one of the best defensive tackles in all of football as terms of pass rushing as terms of run defense like that's the most irreplaceable player on this defense as of right now and then Grover Stewart I mean Grover Stewart, the the beauty of a player like Grover Grover Stewart is really not in his advanced stats or anything like that. Like, oh, how many run stops he has or how many tackles for a loss he has. It's just what he does for the rest of the team. You know, he's going to eat those double teams. He's going to blow up. He's going to shoot and blow up run plays before they even start and and just provide tackle for a loss opportunities for Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed and and other linebackers behind him. Uh, He's such a valuable player in the run game where if you take that aspect out of the run game for the Colts and you put in like an Eric Johnson or a Taven Bryan, like the Colts are probably like allowing like 4.6 yards per carry. Like it's, it's pretty bad because they just don't have many guys on this defense that can absorb blocks, shed those blocks and make plays. You know, so much of what this defense is, is guys who can run around into open spaces and make tackles, you know, Zaire Franklin, EJ speed, are both phenomenal run defenders, but they're not guys who are going to take on blocks, shed blocks, and then make a tackle. That's why you need a player like Grover Stewart, where he's going to eat two to three blocks on every single snap and allow those players to run around and make some plays and make them look really good and and lead Desire Franklin breaking franchise records in terms of tackles. So, um, yeah, those are the most two irreplaceable players on defense. I know a guy like Grover is not going to be getting all the love from like the analytic community and stuff like that, but... Look, if you can't stop the run, you can't stop the pass. Uh, so you have to stop the run first before you can focus all your efforts on the pass. Because I know it's more efficient to score through the passing game, but if teams can run on you all day, they're just going to run on you. You know, and, and what do you do? What do you, you can have 
20, you can have, you know, what, 10, 10, 11 defensive backs on the field at all times. But if teams can run on you, who cares? You know, who cares how good you are at stopping the pass if they can run on you? So that's why you need players like Grover Stewart, because they can stop that run and provide really positive impacts for your linebackers. So, yeah, those are the two most irreplaceable players on the defense. Obviously, we're going to talk about a third player here in a second who didn't really play last season, who is, again, it's kind of a wild card to really talk about him at this point because we just don't know. Uh, but I think of all the players that are currently practicing and currently on the field, uh, those are the two most irreplaceable players on the Colts defense. Yeah, and that obviously you're mentioning it segues us into Shaquille Leonard, who we've seen, I think he just played in three games last year. Um, but, you know, I don't know that – I don't think he finished any of them. I think and he finished he, one. I think he, he finished – I want to say he finished the Commanders game, but he okay. only played like twenty snaps. He was on a pitch game. count. I was going to yeah. mention that Commanders game because, lo and behold, I think that's the one where he had an interception. Right. So exactly. the guy barely plays, only plays in three games, is on a pitch count, and boom, gets an interception. And again, that's I don't want to say hidden points because it's defense, but it's hidden defensive points. So you can't count on turnovers. And without Leonard out there last year the most glaring part of the defense, even they were a top 10 defense for a lot of the season, they were not creating turnovers. Like that's something that they were really banking on the year or two before that uh, under Matt Eberflus. They just were not creating those turnovers. And really no one in the league does that like Leonard does. And for an offense that was already so bad and couldn't score their own points, couldn't get themselves in good position, when the defense can't, try and erase that mistake you know that that points to the offense just never getting a leg up because they couldn't get it for themselves so you look at that and then you know Zaire Franklin has become kind of the 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 B to Shaquille Leonard's A in terms of uh value to that linebacking core sorry this this fly in here really agreed (laughs) with what I was saying I think the one thing I want to add with Shaquille Leonard is, you know, under Matt Eberflus, and again, it's very different defense, so we can attribute the the difference in turnovers to this is different styles of defense, but under Matt Eberflus, the four-year span that we had, the Colts' average rank was seventh in the NFL in turnovers uh, per season. Uh, the lowest they ranked in terms of the entire league was 11th in the entire league in turnovers, which I think was in 2019, which was their their notorious down season. Uh, under Matt Eberflus. Uh, the highest they ranked was second in the NFL back in 2021, uh, only behind the Dallas Cowboys who had an absurd amount of turnovers for. So tons of turnovers forced by the Colts defense under Matt Eberflus and with Shaquille Leonard healthy for a majority of those games, a majority of those seasons. You come back to this last season where, again, it's a very different defensive style. So we could say that part of the reason why the turnovers dropped a little bit was because of that. But Shaquille Leonard plays three games. In those three games, he still has one turnover force with the interception against the Commanders. Uh, but the Colts drop all the way to 19th in the NFL in turnovers force. You know, it just wasn't that same style of defense. And again, Gus Bradley versus Matt Eberflus, you can get into all that. But I do think there is a tangible reason for that. And that is Shaquille Leonard only playing three games. You know, Shaquille Leonard is a player where throughout my whole time covering the Colts, I have talked about so many times saying, turnovers are so volatile you know turnovers are extremely volatile because you have no clue when a quarterback is going to be hit as he's throwing the ball is going to pop up in the air and you're going to get that turnover you don't know when a defensive back can drop a turnover uh you don't know any of that stuff so it's hard to project a player to continually 
create turnovers for defense. But when you have a player like Shaquille Leonard, it seems like the volatility of that doesn't really matter. He always creates turnovers. He, No matter if it's interceptions, if it's forced fumbles, whatever, he is like that Ed Reed type of player where he's going to create so many turnovers. So just not having that impact on the defense last year was big. I mean, that, that was a big thing. The Colts defense last year was a middling defense, you know, sometimes above average. I mean, early in the season, they were a top five defense for a majority of the, for the first half of the season. Imagine what they would be if they actually had a player who could create turnovers, if they could have got that 19th overall uh, in the league in terms of turnovers for us up to eighth in the NFL. You know, they would have been a pretty good defense, you know, above average defense, but they tailed off late in the year because they just didn't have that impact. So yeah, like, Again, we talked Grover, we talked DeForest, and, and those are guys who played last year, but we kind of saw the impact of not having a Shaquille Leonard in terms of turnovers forced and hurt this defense. In this day and age of defensive football, you have to be able to create turnovers. And Shaquille Leonard, for you know, some of the mistakes he makes and some of the issues he has on the field, he forces turnovers. <laughs> like that is a insanely valuable trait to have. And not having that last year on the Colts defense did hurt their overall production. Yeah, and I mean, especially you look at a couple games like the Cowboys collapse, the Vikings collapse. Now, the Vikings game, the defense was incredible in the first half. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But we've seen Leonard close out games or come up with that that clutch fourth quarter turnover how many times in his his five years. Um, But yeah, they obviously missed that. And, you know, another group, again, we were going to, debate here was Kenny Moore versus Rodney Thomas. Um, Very, very different players, but also very, very valuable. You could throw Julian Blackman into that as well. Uh, So whatever you guys think on that, Blackman, Kenny Moore, Rodney Thomas, let us know what you think. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that real quick is to Kenny Moore the second is the more valuable player, like the better player, but Rodney Thomas plays the more valuable position. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do you think? What do you guys think is more valuable to this Colts defense next season? Kenny Moore the second or Rodney Thomas uh, the second as well, I think. Right? Rodney Thomas second <laughs> as well. Uh, who do you think is more valuable for the Colts defense going into 2023? Let us know in the comment section. Everydayers, again, next week, we're going to be joined by a ton of great guests that cover the AFC South for the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to really talk about what they think about their teams and really what we can expect as Colts fans for those teams going forward and kind of, you know, again, should we be, should we be worried about all these teams and stuff like that? So it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to talk to all those guys next week. And if you guys don't already follow at locked on Colts at Jake Arthur NFL and at Zach Hicks two on Twitter. Also subscribe to locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or if you listen to your podcast, we love your guys ratings and reviews and we'll see you guys bright and early next Tuesday morning.